This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello and welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing why cloud-based communications make sense for organizations, the benefits of going in this direction, and the importance of being willing to let go of previous methods and embrace change in this direction. And so joining me for this conversation today is Steve Forkham. He is a technologist at Avaya. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, uh, Steve, I'm excited to get a chance to uh, to talk about this with you because it's just so topical right now. And I think that we've we've kind of been moving in phases as we've uh, looked at the coronavirus pandemic and the response to it. But uh, the, the pandemic really necessitated a, a quick response from businesses to accommodate a remote workforce, right? So in practice, what did that look like for businesses? How did they go from one day having everybody in the office to the next day having a completely remote work staff? That was an interesting experience. And I think... Uh, businesses kind of fell into two buckets. There were the the first category of customers who had invested in keeping their infrastructure current. They had some part of their workforce working remotely as a general part of their you know day to day practice. So for them, trying to move their entire workforce you know out of the office overnight was simply a, a exercise in expand in, in place you know whatever solutions we're using to do this we just need more of it to to get the the entire workforce whereas before it might have been a 20% the other category of customers were were really interesting they were the type of customer who looked at their infrastructure in the past and said if it's not broke don't spend money to fix it hmm. so you know a lot of those customers were using legacy phone systems and they had cobbled together other point solutions to try and kind of fill gaps because at the end of the day you know why am i going to spend six figures to have the same type of dial tone tomorrow that i have right now right if it's not broke don't spend to fix it and what the whole pandemic exposed was that was actually broken it's just you didn't realize it so for those types of customers they were scrambling and a lot of them were very challenged to try and react to this. So, you know, some of them tried to upgrade, you know, overnight and you know how difficult that is, especially with on-premise gear and Mm. and office that you can't access. Some of them just basically started hacking around with whatever kind of free promos that were out there, whatever free services, you know, consumer services, just, you know, duct tape, chewing gum and string to try and kind of just cobble it together and get through. And, uh, you know, we're, it feels like 10 years, but we're a few months past the the response by and large, you know, people have kind of made it through. Um, and now they're just kind of trying to survey the damage from the storm and figure out how to, uh, kind of fix for the next wave that may be coming in the fall. Right. So for that, for the companies that are in that second group, like you mentioned, that, that have kind of utilized a, a patchwork solution to kind of get them through this current time, we've kind of moved into that next phase, right, where we've been here for a couple of months. Uh, what's the next step for companies that have been in that type of position? What should they be asking themselves or looking for? Uh, kind of share your guidance for, for companies that are in that particular position. Sure. And um, for companies that are in that type of position, they're, they're wrestling with two 
realities and neither one of these is pretty, right? So a lot of the free trials that they used to get through are now coming up on expiration. And then secondarily, a lot of those companies have been revenue challenged uh, over the last couple months and trying to find capital to spend to fix this problem is not easy or even frankly doable. Uh, and therein lies some of the benefits of a cloud-based solution. You know, I was talking to a customer a couple of weeks ago and it, it jarred me um, because they talked about how, uh, you know, literally when they started the conversation, they started it by saying, look, we have not had meaningful revenue in months and we've got to do something. And what we had kind of come to find out was the, the best of breed solution that they had built, that multi-vendor kind of soup of, you know, I've got the phone system from this company, from Avaya in this case, I'm using a messaging service, I've got a separate video conferencing service. That's a luxury we can no longer afford. Hmm. You know, having having this different vendor solution, uh, we need to consolidate that down. We need to find cost savings however we can, uh, because there's only so much you can cut from an infrastructure, there's only so much you can cut from payroll. And that customer really found value in looking at a best of suite instead of a best of breed solution. And what they quickly realized is that not only are there tremendous cost savings by moving to, uh, you know, say a unified communications as a service solution, but also the actual functionality is very robust. So what we had kind of coached the customer on was look for things that you're potentially paying twice for. And ask yourself, what does that service do that would justify paying twice for it? And for that customer, it was eye-opening because they a lot of the apps that they you know had kind of chosen for just a single part of their uh, communications needs didn't really deliver enough value to justify paying twice for it compared to what they get in that bundled application approach. So that's extremely powerful for a customer like that who reacted. They, they were caught flat-footed because they hadn't been investing to stay current. They kind of scrambled and found free services to kind of get them through the, the initial, you know, get everybody working from home. And now they're actually positioned to leapfrog uh, their other competitors because by adopting a cloud service and being a little bit more agile, they're not trying to deal with the, the on-premise expand in place and buy all these extra licenses and buy all this extra compute and then try and get it up and running in data centers that you really can't access anymore. So it's actually allowed a lot of those customers to leapfrog some of their competitors by leveraging cloud. That's a really interesting uh, way of putting it. And I think that that's, um, that's a powerful example that, that you mentioned just of um, that particular company recognizing, you know, what was happening and seeing the benefits of going with that best of suite solution. And so I, I think that was really interesting. And, and one of the words that you used there was agile. Um, and, and that stood out to me because I think that one of the enduring lessons from uh, from all of this that, that businesses will learn specifically is that it's, it's important to maintain this ability to be flexible and be adaptive adaptable and have that agile mentality to a certain extent. And so how can cloud uh, communications, you know, unified communications um, that, that you've been mentioning, how, how can cloud communications really help in those areas so that companies can stay flexible and adaptable moving forward? Yeah, in a variety of ways. Um, first, the financials. At the end of the day, for that particular customer, what they were going to save on a year-to-year basis in their operating budget by moving to cloud enabled them to potentially save somebody's job 
you know, to, to cut back on headcount reductions because they found cost savings in a different way. So that's really powerful. When you move to the cloud, a lot of the legacy financial challenges that you ran into with on-premise solutions are fixed. So you don't have to build to your high watermark. You only pay for what you use. You know, in an on-premise world, if you have 100 users, you buy 120 licenses. So that way you can add users on the fly when you need them. With cloud, you just buy what you need. And as you need somebody else, you just add it. It's a much more uh, efficient way to, to buy your services. Second, it consolidates that spend sprawl into a single per user per month fee. And that can drive tremendous uh, return on investment when you first move to cloud. So not only is it cheaper long-term, from a total cost of ownership perspective, it's actually a way to save a ton of money up front too. And then third, it gives you the ability to really innovate quickly and to fail fast. You know, and it sounds funny to say fail fast when you talk about you know moving to cloud, but what it enables a customer to do is to test different things. And sometimes what you think you need or you think will work, turns out your customers move too quickly and they're ready to move on to something else. So in the contact center space, for example, you know, if you, if you spend the money to invest in supporting uh, social media because you think your customers want to interact with you via social media, and then you get all that infrastructure up and running, and then all of a sudden, you know what, your customers moved on to a different social platform that's not supported by the software that you just bought and installed. <laughs> in the on-premise world, that was painful because you can't just return those servers and say, ah, you know, customers moved on. It's time to do something different. Right. But in a cloud-based world, you can actually just turn off the things that turns out customers didn't want to use. So if you invest to support, you know, say, you know, back in the old days, MySpace, and then you get everything up and running, and then all of a sudden nobody's on MySpace anymore. Sure. With the server-based approach, you owned all those boxes. But with a cloud-based approach, you just simply turn off the MySpace module and you turn on the Facebook module or Instagram module or whatever is out there. So it gives you the ability to try things. And if things aren't needed anymore, because it's not even necessarily that your customers move away. Sometimes you just have temporary needs. And when you don't need those things anymore, you turn them off and you can apply those investments into the next project and the next project and the next project. So the cloud can drive a lot of cost savings. And that's what a lot of customers think about when they think about cloud. But once they're there, they realize that there's a whole host of innovation capabilities that allow them to really be agile and to react to changing conditions in their business quickly uh, and efficiently. Absolutely. And I think that ability to, to scale efficiently is, is something that is, that's absolutely massive these days for, for businesses. And, you know, I think one of the, the major topics of conversation that people have been having uh, around this and, you know, you'll hear it just, uh, you know, either see it taking place in different chats or hear it on a video chat or something like that is that oh, the office is going to change forever and this is going to massively change and everybody's going to work from home and we're never going to have, uh, you know, big corporate buildings or, or anything like that anymore. There's not going to be a, a, a traditional office space uh, how talk me through your thought process on that <laughs> process on that because this is something we were talking about before we actually hit the record button but I'm curious to get your take on on what the office of the future looks like and how cloud communications really fit into that uh, that framework yeah it drives me crazy when people say that <laughs> working from home is so much more than just a laptop and a cell phone start off with the fact that Everybody needs their own video conferencing bridge. And for a lot of customers, they've treated those as shared resources because of cost or complexity or for a variety of different reasons. And once you have the, that stuff in place, 
there's all the other things that, you know, we're just quote unquote putting up with right now. You know, everybody's being understanding of things because we're all in the same boat. So there's a lot of people that are working from their kitchen tables, that are working from their couches. My sister is working from her daughter's bedroom right now. And we all kind of just accept that stuff because we know we're in the middle of a global pandemic and quote unquote, we're all in the same boat. And when people say to somebody like my sister, hey, this is the way it is. From now on, there's going to be no more offices. Everybody's going to be working from home. Those types of people are like, no, I don't want to do this. This is not a pleasant experience um, because you need a, a personal space. You need a desk. You need you know good lighting. You need a, a monitor. You, there's a whole you know variety of things that you have in a physical office, but you may not necessarily have in your home. And if you do, it's not built to scale. So, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law both work. They don't have physical real estate for two physical offices, never mind one. So there's a whole host of challenges to this whole work from home as a 100% permanence. And in reality, just like anything in life, the answer really lies in the shades of gray. I think people will work frequently from a variety of different places. The idea that working remotely is the exception to the rule is going to change. I think people will more frequently work from home, work from other locations. But there will always still be a place for offices, for people to come together, to collaborate, to to innovate, to be creative. And what that looks like is going to be similar to what we're used to, but also different. I think there's going to be more common areas. I think there's going to be more collaborative spaces. And therein lies opportunity for customers to to really innovate again, because, you know, we've seen the power of video. You know, I don't think we're ever going back to audio-only conferencing and the, the, the power of a video conferencing solution and embedding that into your physical office space is going to be paramount for businesses as they start to reopen their, their offices. I think the idea of hot desking. So when you go into the office, being able to just land in a space and take over that space as your own for that day, that week that you're going to be there um, will be powerful. And I, I, I also get a chuckle from customers who are kind of thinking about what does the office look like? And those customers say, oh, well, we don't need desk phones anymore because everybody's using soft clients. Again, people are using soft clients and getting by with them. But at the end of the day, I don't know as the CEO is going to be want to sit in his office all day or her office and just have a headset on nonstop in front of a soft client. And even so, just something as trivial as what about emergency services? Right. If you're in an office space and all of a sudden there's an emergency, you know, somebody's having a medical issue or heaven forbid there's, you know, some type of active situation and you scramble into a cubicle and your cell phone is back in your office charging. The last thing you want to do is try to figure out, all right, there's no desk phone in here. I've got a, where's the headset? Mm -hmm. How do I log into this person's computer? How do I open up the soft client so this way I can dial 911? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> so there will still be a place for desk phones. And, you know, what people get hung up on is the, the, the moment in time. You know, right now, a lot of people are working with soft clients because that's all they had. Getting desk phones to people's homes wasn't necessarily the most efficient thing. But when you go back to the office, it's a different use case. So I think it's going to be a mix of a variety of different things. And a smart partner will help the customer understand the value of what they think. You know, so like soft clients are great, but also illustrate to them the value of 
what tomorrow will look like. You know, you're still going to need, you know, devices, desk phones, headsets, mon- uh, webcams and such. And also, Mr. Customer, again, that discussion around best of suite versus best of breed. It's not just about utilization and making it easy for the employees. It's also the hard dollar savings and is the luxury of a multi-vendor best of breed solution something you can still afford? And I think a lot of customers are going to say no. Hmm. So for a smart partner, those are the things that they're going to be looking at with their customers uh, to really provide value. You know, and even as we we sit and have this have this conversation and, and do this podcast talking about cloud based communications, you know, you, you're somebody that that travels quite often for work, and so you know, I think even as we we extol the benefits of uh, of this particular technology, you you also get a firsthand look at the value of being able to sit across the table from people and have that that connection, you know, of being in person, right? And so even as we, we talk about the benefits of these technologies and how uh, how beneficial they are and how helpful they are, y- you know, th- there is still value in having that physical place where people get together, right? And and you can have meetings and, you know, people come in and you meet together in a, in a conference room or in a huddle space, things like that. You know, I, I think you can probably speak to the benefits of that and being able to shake someone's hand, uh, not just virtually, but actually there in person. Yeah. And, you know, creativity, requires presence. Yeah. Creating a culture is a challenge when people are solitary. You know, in a work environment, a lot of customers have built work environments. So this way, if you have a problem, the answer is a cubicle or two away. That's the culture that they've built, right? And in a work from home, work from remote environment, it's very difficult to maintain that type of a culture. Because the the answer isn't a cubicle or two away. It could be a, a zip code, an area code, a state away. And you know, trying to create an environment where people have the ability to reach out to peers, to reach out to supervisors, to basically keep that culture in place is challenging to say the least. And I think there will, you know, be definite value in virtual tools. I think we've all seen the value of video conferencing and I we've seen the value of holding some of um you know the events that we used to do physically to to maybe rethink some of those or to augment them with virtual events so this mm-hmm. way you can increase uh participation. But that doesn't minimize the the value of those in-person meetings and events. A lot of times the the best interactions come from those hallway conversations, you know, running into somebody and, oh, hey, you know, I've been meaning to ask you this, or, hey, have you thought about doing that? Um, so I think, again, you're going to see a, a mix. You're going to see people work more frequently from different locations, but I think we're, we're all itching to be able to get back to some of those, those in-person meetings and interactions where, you know, you can read the room better. You can talk to people. You can, um, you know, have those kind of hallway conversations or those drop-in moments right. where you can really kind of, uh, you know, innovate, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as, as we start to maybe wrap things up here, one of the things I, I wanted to ask was you mentioned the value of a partner that can help guide through this process. If a, company is, if a company is kind of looking at, okay, what steps do I take? What solutions work best for me? What avenue do I go? What do those conversations look like for you? And how do you evaluate the needs of a particular company and how their needs can best be met utilizing cloud communications? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, one of the biggest values that we bring, you know, to to trusted partners is the fact that unlike most, we have a loyal customer base. You know, we're not some startup who's chasing, you know, customers for a product. 
we have one quarter of the install base in the unified communication space. We are the dominant player in the contact center space. And for partners who are interested in in facilitating cloud-based discussions with that those customers, it's a lot easier with a brand that they trust. And that's really wherein lies our key value here. We've got the right product sets for our customers. And we also have the broadest array of, of cloud services. So this way, a trusted advisor can really execute on what I would call the, the now what sale, you know, helping your customers once they take that first step to cloud, understand what's next and how do I do that? And it's, you know, if you're building a business, famous marketer Seth Godin once said, you know, when you're building a business, the folly is thinking you need more customers for just a single product. And in reality, what you need is more products for that customer. That's really what we bring to the table for, um, you know, our partners is that, we have a unified communication solution that is built on top of the industry-leading platform with RingCentral. So Avaya Cloud Office is a jointly developed solution that's unlike anything that's come before it. But then we also offer a contact center offering, a application enablement offering. We have a cloud notification service. We have a cloud-based speech IVR. So we have all of these other services that are out there. And what that does for a partner is, again, it, it gives them more products to introduce to their customer. Uh, we say if the if the customer has a need that involves a phone number, we've got a solution to fix it. And that gives the, the partner the ability to create value with a trusted brand that mm-hmm. the customer already knows instead of trying to explain, all right, well, this problem, here's this vendor for this solution. That problem, here's this vendor for that solution. And you're starting to kind of build that multi-vendor you know, headache again. Customers are kind of moving away from that. Navaya really gives you the ability to have a one-stop shop for everything. Absolutely. And if you want more information on Avaya and what they're doing, you can always go to avaya.com and there under products, you can select a cloud and, and read all about kind of the, the solutions that they have there and, and the, uh, the the perfect cloud solutions uh, that you need for your businesses. So you can always go to avaya.com for more information on uh, on the products that Steve's talking about, uh, which are obviously phenomenal. And, um, and as he mentioned, uh, industry leading. And so uh, Steve Forkham, technologist at Avaya, thank you so much for joining us today here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed Steve's insights. I know I learned a lot and, and found it in- incredibly uh, in- informative and educational. And so everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. Of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. <laughs>